Topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and I'm here today with my co-host, Keith Compagna, and our sponsors today are Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. So, Keith, uh, we're going to be talking to Enrique Rubio. Uh, he's the founder of two very cool companies. Um, we, I met him, uh, he published, I, we didn't meet, or online meet, I guess is the new version of meeting. <laughs> uh, but uh, we connected after he wrote a really uh, cool article, uh, which was titled, uh, let me get this uh, straight. Oh, do we have room? Uh, in the future of work, and we met humans, uh, and it resonated with everything you've heard me say and what you and I have talked about it a lot, and I reached out to him, and uh, we immediately became best pals, uh, <laughs> but he's doing some really cool things with a company called Hacking HR. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's actually global. It's very cool. Uh, and he also started another company, and I may botch this up, but I think it was Kataposi, uh Recruitment. Uh, we'll see how well I did when he gets on the line. Uh, and uh, that's the first AI-based recruitment platform all in Spanish for Latin America. Ooh. So very, very cool stuff. So, oh, yeah, we fantastic. got a lot to talk about. Fantastic. It's right up my alley. I'm excited yeah. to have him on the show. Yeah, and the other thing that really was a buzz is that he mentioned uh, in in his article about a technology uh, a technology refugee, huh. and uh, it's about how all of us seem to be living in uh, this alternate universe of technology, and we're all sort of refugees. Uh, you know, everybody, even the digital natives, are are uh, kind of a bit amazed. But I guess anybody older than uh, about fourteen. <laughs> These days seem to be, uh, you know, living in this techno- technology world and figuring out how to make it work. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that uh, I love the timeliness of his him coming on the show because one of the key elements that I try to bring out in my presentations to groups is the idea that what technology is here for is to reduce the labor that humans have to go through. And so it begs the question, what does a group of people that have done nothing except labor their whole adult lives do with extra time? So I love having these conversations because I'm always curious about what the futurists think we're going to be doing once the technology, I'll say for the sake of common discussion, takes over all the labor that needs to be done. Yeah, and that's a full other discussion because <laughs> if you go uh, to the deep end, and I, I you know, uh, and it, it may, I, I guess, to the people on the deep end, it doesn't seem like the deep end. Uh, but when you when you start talking with uh, or, or reading and, and listening to uh, Ray Kurzweil and uh, sure. Peter Diamandis, uh, those guys, uh, I mean, they're pretty far out. I mean, they're talking about singularity. Yep. Uh, you know, they're talking about that we will devote our time to improving life on the planet not worrying about how to pay for uh, a roof over our head and food. 
Yep. Yep. It's, it's, you know, that's the world of abundance. How about it? How about it? And yeah. and and meanwhile, we're we're here in the present moment, present day, trying to help HR organizations inside of companies get out of their own way. There's so much minutia, hardly. One out of, I don't know, maybe Enrique knows this, but I would say five out of 100 uh, HR people know how to leverage technology so that they could do that thing we seem to be talking about more and more, Ira, and that is put the human back into human resources. Yep. Yeah. I think that's that theme that's going to keep popping up this, this yeah, year. So I, and I don't know if you saw the video. It didn't get a lot of views yet. I got to post it there. I think I posted it like on a Saturday afternoon so it gets lost in the shuffle. Um, but, uh, you know, Jerry had sent me, my wife, Jerry, had sent me a couple weeks ago uh, this video about millennials trying to use a, a dial phone. Did you see that? <laughs> no. Okay. So it, it, yeah, it's it's a meme that's out there, and it's it's really cool. It was about, but I got it, and I actually segmented it. I shortened it up. I sort of took like four minutes out of the center of it. Um, but it was how it, it was actually two young guys trying to dial the old dial, not a push button, but a dial phone, um, and they couldn't figure out how to do it. So you know, it's really funny, and but to me, I, I flipped it. And I said, so here you have a young generation that's not who who we took for granted that everybody should know how to use a dial phone. And they're saying and one of the phrases they had was, what are the holes in this in the dial for? Um, you know, something very, very basic. So, you know, that was an old technology that young people were struggling with. And I I went online and I found this clip of a it was a it was a news clip Um and it was a, a woman, uh, um, they said she was 66. I hope not, because, you, you know, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm a little older than that. Um, but it, it was a news clip, and she was with her granddaughter trying to teach her how to use a smartphone. <laughs> and that's the world, you know, that's typically the world we live in. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, for a while, I mean, you're old enough to remember this, with VCRs and flashing, sure. you know, the flashing lights and, and sure. you know, the... It was my peers had no clue how to <laughs> how to run it, how, how to how to set the time. And, um, you know, so the technology is baffling uh, on, on many different levels, regardless of your age. And that's why I love this uh, technology refugee. Um, yeah. I, I, I forgot to use it yesterday in my presentation. Uh, by the way, I missed you at the uh, Sherm, uh, Lehigh Valley Sherm meeting. Uh, we had a great, um, they had almost 100 people there. You know, wow. for those morning breakfasts, you know, it's usually like 50 or maybe 60. Uh, and, and, you know, it wasn't a typical warm and fuzzy uh, topic for HR. We weren't talking, but it was about uh, people analytics. Yeah. And, you know, in the past, we'd get a handful of people there for a subject like that, uh, which also goes into our topic today of how, how far can that go. But uh, we had it. It was, it was a great crowd, got great feedback. Um, and excited about that, so I'm going to add that to my uh, portfolio of presentations because there's, there obviously is a ton of interest in going there. What do you think uh, prompted? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm feeling you to get a hundred people in the Lehigh Valley market to come and talk about and learn about analytics. Uh, there's something behind there. What did you, what did you learn from from the feedback? You know, I I. Um, well, I, I mean, from the feedback was the typical that it's still, there's still a lot of gr learning space. There's a lot of room to grow. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think people are talking about it. Uh, you know, one of the slides I have, uh, well, this is a stat, and, 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 and then maybe this is a good way to segue into uh, Enrique here. Um, the, so in a recent IBM poll survey, uh, and I think it was like 1,500 CEOs, the 70% said that they are investing heavily in human capital, and human capital is one, uh, you know, is their major competitive advantage. And you know, we, we've heard that for years. Sure. Um, but only 5% actually were investing in big data. I know it. You know, so I, I think what's the interest? Interest is high. Um, you know, it, it's high even when I, I just mentioned it, you know, it was, I, mentioned, I had a chapter in my book on it, you know, Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. Uh, I mention it in my, in my talks on recruiting. Um, and everybody says, oh, can you, you know, we'd like to learn more about that. Can you give a presentation? Uh, but then implementations is more challenging oh, yeah. uh, for that. So I, I think, you know, that seems to be a, you know, a, a good way to kind of bring in uh, Enrique here. Uh, I gave a little background there before. You know, he started this company, Hacking HR. Uh, I, I get emails every day. Um, they've got chapters all over the place, so we definitely want to talk about that. Um, but background-wise, uh, Enrique's an electric, electronic engineer uh, working in HR. They talk about an oxymoron there. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. You know, he has a master's in public administration from Syracuse. Uh, he's a, a professional project manager, uh, scrum master, uh, design thinker, professional, uh, and he's uh, originally from uh, uh, Venezuela. Uh, and he's also an ultra runner. So I'm, I always admire people who, um, you know, I, I've got some cousins and uh, son-in-law that, uh, you know, does, um, oh, not a marathon. What's the? Uh, Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah. Uh, that's crazy stuff. I have a couple cousins that do that, and a lot of people. But even marathon, even doing a 5K these days, <laughs> seems to be massive. So uh, ultra running is really out there. So Enrique, welcome to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Hi, Ira. Hi, Keith. Thank you so much for having me. So, sorry, you heard a little bit of the background, what's going on here. Yeah. Um, let, let's start out before we dive into this, because you and I chatted on the phone a couple weeks ago, you know, we've gone back and forth with some emails and messages. Uh, you, you write some great stuff. Um, but tell us a little, I'm, I'm fascinated by uh, hacking HR and, uh, you know, one offline after the show, I'd like to know a little bit more how we can, Keith and I can get in, involved with it. Uh, I don't think there's any chapter up here. I know there's one in Philly, but I think there could be enough interest of uh, Northeast Pennsylvania, Lehigh Valley getting something going up here. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. And well, as you said before, my background, I, I come from technology. I worked 10 years in telecommunications as an electronic engineer, and then I switched to HR. And the reason why I did that is because I really like not only working with people, but also working for people. And I found that out perhaps early in my career. And what happens in electronic engineering is that you work a lot with technology. You work for people, but you don't necessarily see the connection between the work that you do and serving others. And that's why I thought that HR would be a great place for me to be. And I switch careers from, it's an oxymoron. It's true. It's, you know, going from electronic engineering 
to HR. It's not a common thing these days, especially because people normally, you know, think about their careers as, you know, what, what the return on the investment is in their careers. And I think that in general, there's more return on the investment when you are working as an engineer than when you are working uh, in HR. But anyway, here I am, and I have been in HR for about 10 years. And at the very beginning of my career, I didn't really notice or uh, sort of understood what was happening with HR. I just thought, you know, this is HR. This is the way we work. It's not perfect, but this is the way things are. But of course, as I grew up in this career and I evolved professionally and personally, one thing that I started seeing, particularly over the past five years and more, especially, more, more specifically over the past three years, is that it seems that HR in general is disconnected from other business areas that are propelling the organization forward into the future of work. And I was getting really, really concerned about people and about the future of our organizations because, as you know, the you know people uh, you said it before is uh, are the most important component of any organization. We cannot go anywhere if we don't have the creative power, the 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 talent that we need to propel our companies into the future of work. And I was getting concerned because HR was not aligned with it's not aligned with what's happening in this new world of work. Neither is it aligned with the new theories of innovation, for example, design thinking or, or with agility or with the impact of technology in the workplace. So I said, you know what, I got to do something about it because I have these two backgrounds, you know, technology and HR. And I think I can bring people from technology, from future of work, futurists, to speak with people from HR to expand their portfolio of capabilities and skills. And that's what, what I started doing in September of 2017 in Washington, D.C., which is where I live. I put together a forum and I brought futurists and I brought technologists to speak with an HR community. And it was a very, very fascinating conversation because HR people are not used to being exposed to this kind of, uh, of content, right? And that was in September of 2017. And ever since, we've, of course, evolved to the place where, or to a point right now, where we have done several events all around the world. We have uh, about 65 chapters in almost 25 countries. My goal for this year is creating 200 uh, chapters around the world. And, you know, just to say a couple of extra things about, about Hacking HR is number one is that I think that the kind of challenges that we are dealing with right now and that we are going to be dealing as we enter into this new era of work are those challenges are extremely, extremely complex for any single individual, for any single HR company, for any single industry or country to resolve alone. Let me give you one example of that. McKinsey released uh, a research last year saying that anywhere between 375 and 800 million jobs will be replaced by technology over the next 12 years. We're talking about a third of the global workforce being replaced by technology. Of course, you know, 85% of the research shows that 85% of the new jobs that will be created in 2040 don't exist today. Right. But now that transition could be extremely complicated and it doesn't have uh, an isolated answer. It must have a global answer. And that's why Hacking HR is not only events, it's a global community that we're creating to bring people from HR, from technology, from business, to put their heads together and get our, our workplaces and our workforce ready for the future of work. So, quite a, quite a long, quite a long. Email. That is fantastic. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So the, obviously, there's there's a, a, a load of information in there. So let's pull it apart a little bit. Um, yeah. First of all, uh, and before uh, we brought you on, um, Keith asked me sort of what was the, uh, you know, why did a hundred people from the Lehigh Valley, um, you know, uh, HR professionals show up at this People Analytics, you know, and the beginning of, and, and this may be the answer, Keith. In the beginning of my presentation, um, you know, I started, one is I showed that video <laughs> of showing the, the two millennials and then this, um, <clears throat> you know, the 60-year-old trying to use a, the, the comparison using a smartphone. And, and one is, it was just funny because everybody laughs at those things. Uh, but the other is, is that sort of feels where HR is right now with technology. That the old, you know, or the the young are trying to figure out the way the things were done in the past, and the and the and the older trying to figure out how do we use technology. So I, I, it, it was a good bridge. But I also, you know, I I've, I've been in this space for 24 years. I never, I initially didn't think I was in HR industry, but I guess I am. Uh, but for for as long as I've been around it. There's always been talk of HR getting a seat at the table, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard it. Uh, you, you both probably heard it forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what someone said yesterday, and they didn't do it intentionally, but it, it all of a sudden hit me. It's not about having a seat at the table anymore. It's about having a voice at the table. And mm-hmm. the the voice at the table you know, the la- some of the language, and, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, Arinke, you know, some of, some of that comes from the analytics. It comes from the evidence, um, because for so long, HR hasn't been reliant on technology. They fear technology, um, and, and he- you know, fear of technology is healthy to a degree, but you can't avoid it. You have to be fear- fearful and humbled by it, but figure out how to utilize it. Um, but the analytics is one is almost the language that they need to to get the attention of um, of management, and you know I, I don't I don't know if that's to transition because the tech you know tech automation and technology alone is not going to bridge that gap, but um, you know what comes out of it I, I believe will. I, am I on the right path, or are we you know are, are we in the same chapter at least? Enrique? Well, um, yes, I think so. And, of course, I always get the same question how, from, from HR people. How do we get a seat in the table or at the table? And to me, it comes down to sort of the chicken and the egg kind of dilemma, right? Do you get a seat at the table by being invited to come to the table? Or do you get a seat at the table by delivering so much value that nobody will want to exist without you, mm-hmm. right? And by that, what I mean is that right now, I think that HR pretty much is, is not is dreaded, you know, in most areas of the business. And, you know, people don't like HR. And last year, there was a lot of talk about HR. And the year before, because of the, of the rise of the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. you know, HR Absolutely. not being the, the kind of partner that employees needed, but always being in the part, in the, you know, on the side of, of the people who were doing, of, of, that, that were harming their organizations. So, so to me, what happens is that we have done this, we, the things that we're doing, we have done them in the same way for a long period of time. 
and we stop delivering value. We continue doing things, so we're always busy doing, busy doing something, but that doesn't mean that we are actually delivering value. And to me, we won't get, in my opinion, we won't get a seat at the table as long as we, or a voice, as long as we don't start creating and delivering value. Now, how do we do that? I think there are a number of components, of course, of course, out of which people analytics, you know, in the, in the broader, sort of within the broader spectrum of technology, it's one of the main components. And HR needs to be, needs to be considered itself a business unit that is aligned with business priorities, that understands what the business is about, that understands what the business goals are, that is truly focusing on delivering value for its people and its business leaders. And then when you start creating such level of value is that you can have that voice and that seat at the table. I don't think anybody's going to invite HR, an HR person to have that quote-unquote seat at the table, to have that voice if all that the HR person is going to do is say, oh, you cannot do that because the policies don't allow that. Or, no, we cannot do that. Or, yes, I can do that, but it's going to take me three months. So, you know, like that kind of approach, traditional response from HR, doesn't work anymore because we live in a world that moves extremely fast where we have to be more fluid, more agile. And I don't think HR is mentally uh, and, and mentally ready. And their mindset or our mindset is not there yet. And that's what the business is looking for in a trusted partner, in a trusted advisor. And HR needs to get there. There's, of course, a lot of concern right now. And, you, you, you know, because of hacking HR, I speak with hundreds of people all around the world. And more and more people in HR are getting into this sort of wave of trying to understand what this future of work means and how to add value to remain relevant, uh, or to, uh, yeah, so remain relevant and add more value and get that seat at the table. But it's still, there's a huge gap between what we're doing today and what, sh- what we should be doing in order to deliver the kind of value that is required from us in um, uh, in HR. So I think we, you know, we still have a long way to go, but I feel that there is a generation of HR practitioners. I, I'm not talking about age, by the way. I'm talking in general from all across the, the, the board. There's a group of uh, HR champions that are trying to change the face of HR. They are trying to not only to put a makeup on HR, but they are really trying to go to the core of HR and re-engineering the way we do our business. And um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I think with what we're, with what we're doing with hacking HR, we're being part of those that group of champions trying to expand HR's capabilities to do more things than what what traditionally is HR. You know, like doing things that are not just recruitment, compensation, policy, and administration, but getting into design thinking, agility, digital transformation, understanding and designing the organization of the future, reskilling or upskilling the workforce. All those things, I think, are critical today for HR to get that voice and to be really taken into account as a trusted partner. I, I don't think we're there yet, but I think we might be no. walking in that direction, yeah. hopefully. So, so, so what, I mean, so coming out, you know, maybe it's an example, maybe you have a story uh, that came out of Hacking HR. Um, you, you conceptually, you know, we're all on board. Uh, there, there's no question. Yeah. And and just from the, the show yesterday, the attendance, the, even for a topic like people analytics, uh, people are interested. Mm-hmm. But when they go back to work, um, you know, they, even if they have that seat, they may not have that voice. Uh, what 
what are what's the first step that they do? I mean, going back and 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 showing that they're that they have value, demonstrating that they that they you know where where is Enrique? We need him in this meeting. Um, how yeah. do what do they yeah. need to do to create that? I'm gonna give you one example that somebody sent me via email a couple of weeks ago. This was very interesting. This person said. I work in a telecommunications company and my HR people here don't know what CAPEX and OPEX mean. <laughs> so that to me was mind boggling. And the reason why it was is because those are very basic concepts that I myself used very often when I worked as an electronic engineer. I have never used them uh, in HR, which is like really, really, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, ridiculous, so to speak. Right. So if you work in a business and you don't understand the, what the business is about, the jargon that the business talks about. You, don't, you cannot translate what your processes, uh, uh, you know, what your technology, what you want to do into, uh, into numbers or ROI. It's going to be very difficult to convince the C-suite of that organization that you are capable of delivering value. Because what happens is that very often, uh, a lot of people in many organizations know that the human component is critical and they may feel, you know, the connection when you come to them and say, you know, we have to redesign our career pathing, you know, to provide people meaningful opportunities to develop the careers in this organization. That may resonate with somebody's heart in that organization. But if you are able to say, and if we do this, we might increase our, you know, our performance by 10% over the next two years, and that's going to imply that we're going to be bringing, you know, X amount of dollar extra to the company or that we're going to be creating this additional impact. If you're able to connect those two things, oh boy, you have an amazing opportunity to be heard and to be required in that C-suite table. But as long as we cannot connect what we do in HR, as long as we don't understand what OPEX and CAPEX mean in the tech world, or other concepts in other kind of organizations, it's going to be very difficult. So we need to go, it's funny because we need to go back to the very basics. And that is, we need to start talking to the people in the organization and asking them, you know, what are you doing here? You know, like, can you explain to me more about what this business is about? It sounds ridiculous, right? I mean, it's laughable, but we have to go back to the very basic and understand how our people think in our organizations, what our company is all about. And that to me is one component. Now, let me give you another component. Okay. Which hey, Enrique, perhaps, I'm hold, hold that yeah. thought um, because we're going to take I'm a, a short. Yeah, we're going to we're going to take a short <laughs> break here. Uh, you've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Google Googleization Show uh, with our guest Enrique Rubio. We've been talking about. Well, we started to talk about. Uh, do we have room as humans in the future of work? Um, we started to touch on. Do we have a? Do does HR have a voice at the table? And we're about to hear um, a lot more about that. So we're going to take a quick break, uh, just about two minutes. We'll be right back. We're going to hear from our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. Behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. When you search with the real Yellow Pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real yellow pages, YP.com, and YP.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. 
What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at SuccessPerformanceSolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Welcome back, everybody, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. This is Keith Capagna with the host, the host with the most, Ira Wolf, and a very special guest today, Enrique Rubio, who's talking about things that are just absolutely mind blowing. And, and Enrique, part of the the amazement that I have in listening to you talk about the transformation that needs to take place inside of HR is that we almost can tell with absolute certainty where the job market trends are going, where the technology trends are going. And the part that, that I think is really missing is nobody seems to know when exactly the human beings are going to figure out that they need to get in front of this change or they're going to find themselves in a very, very difficult place. And uh, a futurist mm-hmm. that you and I and Ira both can appreciate, Elon Musk, you know, I, I probably listen to almost every word that guy says. And, and part <laughs> of what he says is we have a bandwidth problem. We have a human bandwidth problem where humans mm-hmm. don't move fast enough. What are your yeah. thoughts about getting people motivated? What are your thoughts about the audience coming to terms with the fact that A, they're completely exposed to this. B, maybe there's an opportunity for them to get ahead of the curve. Where do you see all of this coming into play? Because like you mentioned, HR is never going to get their attention if all they do is talk about compliance, pay time off policies, and administrative stuff. Yeah, that's a great, great, uh, you know, sort of connection with uh, one of the things that I that I wanted to say before as well, and it is that it sounds that all the things that I'm talking about for HR are meant to to sort of encourage HR to do everything for the companies that they work for. And one thing that I'm, I have been missing, and I realized about this one thing with a conversation that I had with somebody about a couple of weeks ago, this person said to me, you know, I was working in HR for a small company. We were only two HR people, and I hated that company, but I needed that job. So she told me, the person told me, Enrique, if you had invited me to learn anything that would make my company better, I wouldn't have gone to that thing. Not because I didn't want to, but because I didn't want to do anything for that one company that I hated. That opened my eyes because I was thinking, you are, you know, sort of banging that nail on the head. And the reason 
why I say that is because all these transformations are not only going to affect our companies, they are going to affect us individually. Let me give you one example of this. Last week, oh, I'm sorry, over the past couple of weeks, more than 500 retail brick and mortar retail mm-hmm. stores shut down in the United States. Yes. How many HR people and in general people are going uh, without jobs, are, are, are jobless now? A bunch of people. Now. now, my question to those HR folks that work in there, whether they love their job or they hated it, is do you learn something, some new skills? Do you expand your, cap- your portfolio of capabilities that make you employable uh, even after, you know, now that you're not in that, in that sort of company anymore? So we need. So what I'm saying is that we need to get ready, not just for the sake of the survival of our companies, but for our own individual survival. So to me, you know, we are, there, there's something that we need to perhaps acknowledge in this conversation about the future of work, and it is the difference between change and transformation, and, and transition, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Change is the end, uh, the end result of where we're going. Hopefully we're going to have a better world where people are going to have more time to dedicate, to be more, to being more creative, to their families, you know, less transactional activities. But the transition to get there is going to be very, very complicated. And it can be very, very painful for a large number of people if they are not getting ready for what's going to be that future like. And, you, you know, what I think is that we need to get ready. We need to open our minds and perhaps begin by understanding that all these things that we talk about, you know, job replacement, uh, technology taking over jobs, you know, countries, you know, advancing more or faster than in technology than the United States, which has been, you know, at the forefront of uh, tech, uh, 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 you know, tech innovation. So all of those things we need to take into account in order to be able to effectively get ready. And connecting that to what Elon, uh, Elon Musk has said about, you know, we, we humans not being able to learn as fast as machines, he's totally right about that. But he's right about that if you are only considering things that are sort of machine-like. Let me give you an example of that memorizing the stuff. It's going to be extremely, not, not, not extremely, but absolutely impossible for us human beings to be able to memorize the same amount of facts or data that a machine can memorize. But what a, what a machine cannot do today is utilizing that data and using imagination to connect the dots and to create something out of it. In that sense, we still have the competitive edge. Now we have to use it. And I think that in general, people in the workforce have not sort of developed this very innate human skills like innovation, creativity, curiosity, uh, you know, critical thinking, emotional intelligence. And I think those elements are going to be critical as we transition to the future of work. But again, more generally, I think the, the, the challenge here and my encouragement to your listeners is you must open your mind and start looking around to see what are the things that you need to start learning to expand your portfolio's capabilities to be employable across the board because your company may be disrupted by either other companies or by technology or I don't know, whatever it is that we don't know if you are going to have a job, you know, in the future careers are changing right now. So if you want to remain either employable or become more as an entrepreneur, you need to expand your portfolio of capabilities. And to do that, you need to learn fast, quick, and have an open mind, you know, to, to sort of embrace the kind of skills and capabilities that are not traditional in your in your field, so to speak, including hey. people analytics, which is not a nature thing. 
Right. And the challenge is, is that people don't even know how to learn how to do that. <laughs> yeah. And now what's funny, uh, what's funny is that a lot of people come up with this idea, which I think is an excuse that, you know, we don't have the money to do that. You know how many resources are out there right now that are for free? The other day I, I wanted to connect a, mic, a microphone to my iPhone, an external microphone. And I was like, how the hell do I do this? I went to YouTube. I spent five minutes doing a little research, found one video, watched the video. And in five minutes, I learned how to do it. So there are no excuses not to learn today. As simple as that. Yeah, we had uh, just uh, two, was it two weeks ago? We had uh, summer yep. on Keith. Yep. Uh, time flies when we're having fun. Yeah, summer, uh, summer uh, Solomonson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we were talking about micro learning. And uh, I used that, yep. I used one of the examples we had yesterday uh, when when it was like, how do you, you know, how, and again, going back to the people analytics, how do, how do you learn about people analytics? And sure, there's, you know, every college has a course. Uh, I, the night before, it was, what was today's Wednesday? So to, uh, Monday night, um, got an email from Coursera. And Casera has a uh, people met an analytics course at uh, University of Pennsylvania, which uh, uh, you know is kind of one one of the schools I graduated from. Uh, but which had nothing to do with that. Uh, but they uh, you could go up to Casera, but you can audit it for free. I mean, there's no cost. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know people can people can learn how to do that, and that's just that's just one example. Uh, but going back to, to again, there were the, the learning experience yesterday, and and what we were talking about. Um, the the skills that are required, and, and that's what you were talking about, Enrique. You know, it, it's what's, and I'm going to go to the example of people analytics because I, I know I, I I know you know I'm, I'm deep in the research on that. Um, the six skills that are required for people analytics, uh, um, HR is part of it, but so is psychology, so is business acumen, consulting, communication. And data science, and when you when you ask anyone what are the skill, what do you think of the skills? And typically, you hear, "Well, I'm not very good," you know, from HR is, "Well, I went in HR because I'm not very good with math." Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, that's or engineering or statistics, and and that's part of the data science and to some degree part of the psychology. Um, but the reality is, is as a consultant, as a and you're a, you're a, you're a P, a PMP. I mean, you're a uh, project manager, you know, those are skills that you need to be able to do this. But communication, I mean, th- th- for all that's said about technology and we're, we're becoming less human and robotic and we don't talk to one another, the, the, what I heard you saying just a minute ago was communication is, is the machines will learn faster, they will digest the, the information, they will come up with, with numbers and stats faster than we as humans ever can. But someone's got to tell the story. Someone mm-hmm. has got to, yeah. to translate that data, those results, to the people. And right. that's the that ultimately is the role that will put H back in HR, or keep H in HR. Yeah. I'm not sure. You know, I mean, a storytelling, I mean, and you don't have to be, you know, um, Burl Ives to do this if it, for for those who remember Burl Ives, uh, but I mean, you, yeah, or Robin Williams. I mean, you have to be a storyteller, yeah. and um, yeah. I, I think that's a big piece of it. Yes, and and it is that storytelling. It's a very human element, right? It's what people used to call like very 
in a sort of, in a very disgraceful way. They used to call call them the soft skills. They are not soft skills. Actually, they are more difficult than learning math. I think mm-hmm. uh, because you know, like like you know, creativity, imagination, empathy, curiosity, uh, critical thinking, judgment. Um, uh, you know, coordination, collaborating with others, and telling the story about something using data. Those are very complicated capabilities. Those are very complicated skills. To, uh, we have them innately, I think, only that we lose them when we go to formal school, when we, go, when we get into this box that we call workplace, and we lose that, the ability to use those, uh, those skills. Now, are they going to be critical in the future? Yes, and the reason is simple, because you know, machines are going to be processing all the data. I mean, nobody cares about you or anybody processing data and you know, like creating Excel spreadsheets. Machines are gonna be able to do that in seconds, you know, or nanoseconds. Now, what happens with the data is that you gotta use your creativity in order to draw conclusions from that data and tell the story behind it. Because we are drowning in a sea of data, both utilized and unutilized data, and the difference will not be made by those who are just leveraging, leveraging the data, but those who are telling the story that data is telling you in order to drive business decisions coming from that data. And that, those skills that are needed to, to do that, those are, in my opinion, not the hard kind of technical skills like math or, you know, or physics or you know, engineering or any of those things. And, you know, yes, I, I think that we, that's, that's, that's why when you look at the Institute for the Future, the World Economic Forum, McKinsey, Deloitte, all these big research firms, all of them say, all of the skills that they are dubbing as the most important skills to transition into the future of work, when you read those skills, you barely find any of them that is a hard technical skill. You don't find, you need to be, you know, right. an engineer to do this, or you need to be a mathematician to, be, to do this. What they say is you need to have empathy to tell the story of that data. You need to have the capacity to, for critical thinking because you are going to be dealing with very complex, volatile, and chaotic kind of challenges. And you need to utilize your very human nature and human skills in order to translate those complex challenges, utilizing data and technology into something that makes sense for the business. So... So I think we are, it's funny because we are, you know, we are getting into a more technologically advanced sort of era, but at the same time, we humans are going back to the basic of humanity. So isn't that funny that, you know, technology is going to a, to, to a more complicated stage, whereas we humans are being called to go to a more basic stage of our, of what being human means. So that I think it's fascinating, honestly. <laughs> so. Ira, I just wanted to mention to the audience that uh, Enrique and I realized we were going to be at the same conference at the end of the month. And Enrique, I mean, I know we said we were going to get a cup of coffee, but we might we might wind up going doing more than that, <laughs> just based off of the rabbit hole that I know uh, I'll go down with you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, HR transform, if we, uh, can we say that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so from the communication aspect too. I mean, one of the things that we talked about uh, that's required. I mean, the, the biggest danger and the biggest fear and, and the horror stories you hear about predictive analytics, which really doesn't isn't the, the you know the loss of jobs and the robotics and the automation, but it's it's the numbers sort of dictating our lives that 
And, you know, then there's a whole privacy issue. But, you know, one of the things that HR needs, HR's kind of role should be to be that storyteller. To, but in, in, in order to, to make all this work, there has to be a high degree of authenticity and transparency. Um, yeah. You know, other, otherwise, there's just there's just a fear of, of, of information that Big Brother is collecting. And, yeah. uh you know, in order to do that, they have to be—they have to be the better communicators. I mean, HR is 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 positioned to to have that role because they're the role that typically uh, is the represent. You know, should be the advocates for the the workforce for the employees. Uh, but they got to become better than that and move away from uh, that. They're the compliance cops. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. you know, all the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's you're right. It's absolutely amazing that. The more advanced technology become, the the more uh, real humans need to become. And I think for mm-hmm. a while, humans became pretty robotic in a lot of their functions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we still so, are, I think, in general. Hey, 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 we, you know, well, <laughs> we knew this ahead it. of time that this was going to go pretty fast. We got about five minutes left here, <laughs> five six minutes. Um, I I do want to talk to uh, you know, tell us kind of a little bit of you know, we mentioned you know how many chapters. There's uh, what you say, sixty chapters of 62 chapters of uh, Hacking HR. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the events. I mean, what happens there, who should attend. Um, Can I give it a little bit of background on that? Sure, absolutely. We are... And and quick and concisely, because we only have five minutes. I know you can talk a little... I know you can talk an hour on this, or more. (laughs) I can, I can. I'm going to say pretty quickly, you know, we are creating local communities around the world, what we call chapters. And basically what we're doing is bringing people together in 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 a community format, so anybody is, is invited to participate in these communities in the Hacking Nature chapters. And what we're doing is bringing people together to discuss topics that are at the intersection of future of work, technology, business, and people. And the chapters not only get together, but they organize meetups that can talk about design thinking, agility, blockchain, artificial intelligence, culture, talent, different things that are in, in this intersection. Uh, my goal for this, we have, uh, we have a little bit more than 60 chapters now. I think we have about 65 chapters in 24 countries. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be creating like 10 more. My goal for this year is to have 200 chapters around the world. And if anybody's interested in, in knowing more about, you know, whether we have a chapter in your city or if not, if we can create a chapter, just please get in touch with me. And I am happy to to you know, provide guidance in, in that sense. But the idea here is sort of twofold. Number one, create, connecting people in a local, in, at a local base or in, 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 yeah, at a local level, and then connecting those local communities or local chapters in a global format so that we can put our heads together globally to solve complex challenges that won't be resolved at the individual or, or local level. So it's pretty exciting what we're doing with Hacking HR, and I encourage everybody to participate. And, and who's, I mean, anybody in HR, business, uh, who's it open to? Anybody, anybody. Actually, the more, the, the, the more diversity is, the better, because one thing that has happened with HR is that we created this echo chamber where we do events about HR and only people from HR participate. So you're right. only validating what you already know, right? So... So we need to have a, an open-minded to you know people from technology, business, finance, entrepreneurs, and whatnot to participate in this conversation. So the chapters are open to anybody, no matter no matter the level in which you are, whether junior or very senior, no matter whether you are a nature or not, you are all welcome to participate. 
Excellent. And and how can how can everyone get in touch with you? Give a couple of different ways that they can do that. Whether they just want to reach out to you or they can want to get information about hacking HR. What what's the best sure, ways to they do can- that? Sure. For, for Hacking HR in general, they can go to the website, which is HackingHR.io. That's www.HackingHR.io. By the way, today is the 30th birthday of the World Wide Web. Yep. Uh, so 30 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, um, HackingHR.io, and then they can get in touch with me via my LinkedIn, which is my main m- means of communication, and just look up Enrique Rubio, and probably I'm going to be the first person coming up in there. And, and we will have we'll have all that posted um, on the blog on the on the when this goes out to the podcast. So it'll be on iTunes, iHeart, um, Google Play, Spotify. So uh, we will have most of that uh, at least some way uh, for you to get contacted. I know we're limited on characters when we do that, but uh, it will be posted on the website uh, as well. And uh, we'll be promoting this over, all over social media. So appreciate it very much. Enrique, um, this, again, just like our conversation a couple of weeks ago, this was uh, incredibly fast moving. A million other questions I, I've got. I'm sure we'll be, uh, continue to be in touch. And hopefully uh, one of these days we'll, we'll actually meet. Keith, Looks sounds like you're going to meet meet first. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, Thank yeah, you yeah. so much for your time, Enrique. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, Keith, any final closing words in our last minute here this, uh, this week? Yeah. No, I mean, all things considered, I'm blown away with the opportunity to do this again. Uh, you know, I do want to caution everybody out there that the, first things first, you got to take time to recognize where your strengths and your weaknesses are. Figure out that now is a perfect opportunity for you as an individual to grow and develop. Like Enrique said, I call it, you know, it's YouTube, baby. It's a YouTube yep. life. You can learn anything you want. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to be a part of the show again, Ira. Thanks. Yeah, the thing is, hey, is my employer going to pay for it? Doesn't doesn't work anymore because right. now it's free. Nobody has to pay for a lot of it. I mean, there's still valued courses that you should pay for, but um, there's no excuse for, for at least getting the basics most of this. Nope. So, hey, I appreciate Hey, I, we really want to thank Enrique Rubio uh, from Hacking HR. That's hackinghr.io if you want to go look at the website. Uh, great guest, ton of things we talked about, future work. Uh, next week, we're going me talking with uh, Jeff Godhealth. Uh, he's the author of a new book called Sense and Respond. I loved it. I wrote a couple things about it. Um, I, it it's going to uh, it'll probably give people some tips how to get uh, how, how to take advantage of what we talked about today. So excited about uh, talking with Jeff. It'll it'll be it'll be just as fast fast paced show as this was. A uh, lot, lot of good information. Excellent. So until next week. Um, You've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, where we bring you topics and thought leaders discussing a future of work where the tired, the wired, and technology converge. Until next Wednesday and every Wednesday after that, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and a whole bunch of other podcasts. This is your host, Ira Wolf, and my co-host, Keith Capagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans. (laughs) 